Hey everyone, welcome to The Anxious Pineapple, a show dedicated to getting curious about our good friend anxiety. My name is Kayla Chorley, your host and anxious therapist. A friendly reminder that this podcast is in no way a substitute for therapy and does not constitute therapeutic advice. This is simply for informational purposes only. I encourage you to follow up with your own therapist or medical doctor for professional support and advice. Hey friends, and welcome back to The Anxious Pineapple for episode number two. I have a very jam-packed episode for you today, so much so you might actually have to listen to it twice. In all honesty, I had a completely different show planned for this week, but I recently received an inquiry on Instagram about how to navigate anxiety as we enter into post-pandemic life, which is actually extremely timely considering restrictions here in Alberta, Canada, where I am located, were lifted last week. We are the first province in Canada to get rid of all of our restrictions. And so I know for myself, I have desperately been trying to scrounge up my own info on how to navigate all of this. So I completely agree that this is an important topic that's top of mind for a lot of us right now. Now, I can tell you that I am feeling all sorts of things at the prospect of getting back to a somewhat pre-pandemic-esque life. I'm excited about reestablishing some old routines, connecting with people I haven't seen in a while, and eventually down the road when I feel like I'm ready, ditching face masks. Don't get me wrong, I love a matching face mask to the outfit kind of vibe, but I'm also over it, so over it. Now, despite all of that, another part of me is hesitant and worried about my own safety and that of others, and generally I find myself a bit more on edge these days when I head out into public. My anxiety levels are certainly heightened. So friends, if you are like me and you are experiencing many thoughts and feelings around entering into post-pandemic life and are wondering how to navigate certain scenarios related to post-COVID living, this episode is for you. All right, let's do this. COVID and anxiety. What a love story for the ages. COVID waltzes in with a mysterious bad boy vibe, gets anxiety all excited and sweeps it off its feet, and the two of them have been inseparable ever since. Now, I joke, but the truth is many of us are feeling much more anxious as a result of COVID. In fact, the Canadian Mental Health Association recently conducted a study and found that 77% of Canadians are feeling heightened anxiety and worry as a result of the virus. Now, I want to say that that particular statistic is shocking, but in all honesty, it would be way more shocking if we saw anxiety levels decrease during the pandemic. In other words, anxiety is likely to show up at this time for us. Think about it. It makes sense given the context we have been living in for the last year and a half. 
Remember that anxiety is a protector. Its ultimate goal is to keep us safe when it perceives a potential threat to be present. COVID-19 has been a substantial threat to our health, our livelihood, and overall well-being. So anxiety has been sticking around for many of us to try and take care of that threat and micromanage us in an attempt to keep us safe during this time. I get it. Anxiety is often more inconvenient than not. And sometimes it works in very mysterious ways that feel very counterintuitive. And I know for myself, there are times when I wish it would just go away. But keep in mind that anxiety is an ally and it's doing its job, perhaps a little too well at times. I'd also like to point out that COVID-19 has tested our anxiety in a completely novel way. We know anxiety loves two things, comfort and certainty, which were basically non-existent for many of us during the height of the pandemic. Lots of us were pushed out of our comfort zones, even doing things that normally wouldn't phase us, like going to the grocery store. Comfort levels were also tested during lockdown phases of the pandemic, when we had limited options of where we could go, who we could see and connect with, and what we could do. We essentially lost our ability to engage in activities that generally bring us that comfort feeling, like being able to visit a loved one, or go to the gym, or even attend therapy sessions in person. At the same time, uncertainty was commonplace. Things could and did change rapidly. One minute things would be looking up and the next we would be in total lockdown. On top of that, many of us had to adjust how we engaged in our work, perhaps shifting to a completely online model and working from home or being out of work completely with no real guarantee of when things would change. As you can imagine, this increased our stress levels substantially. Now, I don't know about you, but listening to someone describe the last year and a half of the pandemic really makes my body react. I feel tension in my chest and I definitely feel my muscles clench. Which makes sense because our body holds on to a lot of our memories and feelings. So if you are like me and you're noticing a physical response right now, just take a minute to check in with where you are feeling that in your body and breathe into that space. It's truly no wonder why people are excited about the prospect of getting back to a more pre-pandemic-esque kind of life. Excitement may be something many of us are feeling right now. However, I also understand that there may be some apprehension around it all. We are dealing with another transition, once again challenging our comfort levels and bringing up a degree of uncertainty. Now, I want to take a second here to acknowledge that it is possible to be both excited and apprehensive at the same time. You do not have to choose one or the other. They can both exist and be present together. So if you are experiencing conflicting feelings about restrictions being lifted, know that that is okay. 
Also be aware that you are not alone in these feelings. The majority of us are feeling a multitude of emotions as we enter into this next phase of our lives. So let's talk a bit more about what we can anticipate in the next little while, perhaps some of the scenarios we might be facing. I think one of the most common things we're going to encounter, at least early on, is whether or not to attend certain social gatherings. Friends and family members might be really eager to see us, and as a result, they might invite us out. Festivals are also coming back. Things like movie theaters, restaurants, and other gathering spaces are now also open at maximum capacity. We now might have to make decisions in regards to what type of events we feel comfortable attending and if we're cool with larger crowds again. Another potential scenario is around PPE. Are we feeling ready to ditch the mask when we go out into public or do we want to keep it on just a little bit longer? And lastly, many of us may be required to head back to work in person. Although this might be out of our control, we can make decisions in regards to what that looks like and how we show up in that space. Whether we continue with hand sanitizing routines or wearing personal protective equipment or not. For those of us dealing with anxiety, making decisions is not always easy. It requires us to consider our own needs and to communicate them to others. Now, I can hear you say it, but isn't it selfish to consider our own needs? Shouldn't we always put others first before ourselves? I call this our default setting. You know how when you get a brand new phone, it's on like the factory or default setting? We have that too. For myself, my default setting includes people-pleasing. So if a friend or family member asks me to do X, Y, or Z, I automatically feel the need to follow through, even if it requires me to put my own needs aside. I commonly see the same people-pleasing default setting in a lot of my clients. Now again, people-pleasing seems counterintuitive, right? But in reality, it serves a very important survival function to keep you connected to others. Back in the day, like cave people days, in order to survive, you had to live in groups. So if you weren't able to form connections with others, you were at a very high risk of being attacked by predators. Although times are substantially different today, our brains operate under the same assumption that we need connection with others to survive, hence why we find ourselves exhibiting people-pleasing tendencies. Now, what's helpful about understanding our default setting is that if we are aware of it, we can take note of when it shows up for us, and then we can consciously decide whether to act on it or not. I want to point out that there are no right or wrong answers when deciding how to navigate these scenarios. Everyone will likely display different levels of comfortability, and that's okay. Think of comfort levels as being more on a continuum or a spectrum than an either-or type scenario. We will all exist somewhere on that spectrum, and it might even depend on the specific situation we are contemplating. Perhaps you feel comfortable with a large group of friends, but aren't ready to attend a concert or festival yet. 
the first thing I suggest doing is taking some time to really consider where you are at on that particular continuum. It might also be helpful to check in with yourself and acknowledge any feelings, thoughts, and physical sensations that may come up for you as you consider these different scenarios. I encourage you to take some time to turn your attention inwards and simply notice what is present without trying to change or get rid of whatever is there. Now understand that we are going to be so tempted to play the comparison game during all of this. We're constantly going to be looking to our friends or family members to see where they're at and what their comfort levels are. And undoubtedly, we will be taking that into consideration as we navigate our own thoughts and feelings and comfort levels. It's understandable that we kind of are sizing each other up to be like, hey, where are you at? And should I be there? Is this a place that I need to be? Now, understand that there is absolutely no pressure to be at the same place as anyone else. Once again, this is our survival brain kicking in. It wants us so badly to fit in so that we can connect with others to survive. For many of us, this is where the self-doubt and questioning often comes in. Maybe we should be at the same comfort level as them. If you find that a lot of shoulds are coming up for you right now, try changing the wording to, I could, but. For example, the thought, I should be comfortable with going to a festival already, sounds completely different when worded as, I could go to a festival, but I'm not comfortable with that yet, and I'm going to honor how I'm feeling. So you've taken some time to determine your comfort levels. Now what? It's time to establish some boundaries. I feel like boundary has become such a buzzword lately. Everyone talks about them, but the majority of us find it difficult to establish and uphold them. This likely has something to do with our default setting of people pleasing. We don't want people to be upset or disappointed in us, but boundaries actually strengthen our relationships with others. They clearly outline what we expect of others in terms of behavior and meeting our needs, making it much easier for them to follow through. This is also an opportunity for us to practice our communication skills. So let's say one of your BFFs invites you to a festival. You've taken some time to reflect and have determined you aren't comfortable with attending this event at this time. It's perfectly acceptable to say to that friend, thank you for the invite, but I'm just not ready for that yet. You can still be pleasant, respectful, and kind, and you can still be a wonderful person while establishing and enforcing boundaries. Now, if you're like me, you might need to practice saying this a few times in front of the mirror first, and that's completely okay. The more we practice, the more confident we will feel when it's time to put boundaries in place. Will your friend be disappointed that you've decided not to go to the festival with them? Maybe, but it's important to remember that you are not responsible for managing other people's feelings. In other words, let go of trying to control how other people feel. Now, up until this point, the focus of this episode has been on situations in which you have a choice, either to attend or not. 
But what about those times when you don't have a choice, like being asked to go back to work in person? Maybe you are part of the service industry or you're now required to go back to the office. What then? Well, my friends, in those situations, it may be really helpful to practice radical acceptance. Know that you do not have to be void of anxiety or worry to do something, nor do you have to be completely calm. You can bring the anxiety and worry you are experiencing and feeling with you. You can still move forward even if they are present. Let me say that one more time. You can still move forward even if they are present. Also keep in mind what is in your control and what is not. Sure, you might not have a choice in going back to work, but you still have control over how you choose to show up in that space. You have a right to continue to wear personal protective equipment like a mask and engage in hand sanitizing and other routines such as wiping down client spaces if that makes you feel more comfortable. Lastly, I want to acknowledge that anxiety often makes us feel like we lack the resources to handle the unknown. Although this seems very unhelpful, this is actually out of love. Anxiety is trying to protect us by preparing us for the worst case scenario and wants us to feel underprepared in an attempt to get us to overprepare. So if you are feeling like you lack resources at the moment, remember that you have already successfully navigated a global pandemic, which is no small feat. It's clear from that experience alone that you already possess both the resiliency and grit necessary to handle whatever life throws your way. So my friends, as always, I encourage you to get curious about your anxiety this week. Take some time to reflect on your comfort levels as you enter into post-pandemic life. Be gentle with yourself as you navigate this transition. And remember that anxiety is an ally. See you next time. Thanks for listening. I hope you learned something today about your own anxiety. If you have questions that you would like answered about anxiety on this podcast, connect with me on Instagram. My handle is at pineappletherapyyeg. Enjoyed this podcast and want to help make mental health more accessible? Spread the love by following it, liking it, rating it, and taking it out for dinner. (laughs) Just kidding.